matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Cole Crutchfield of the band's Eastwood and Torture Tomb. Now, before we get into this week's interview, I just want to recommend the movie The Shed. It's a new vampire flick that just dropped on Shudder, and it's a completely new take on it. I really enjoyed it, and I highly recommend it, especially if you already have Shudder, so... Now, as usual, make sure you go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and here's the interview. So, how's it going, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Of course. And uh, I want to start by saying congratulations to signing to Pure Noise with Eastwood. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been a good response so far, so I'm happy about it. Hell yeah. And you guys released uh, two singles off of your upcoming album, It Never Gets Easy. Uh, you also released a single back in February. Is that going to be part of It Never Gets Easy? Or? Yep. So that single we recorded, we did... I think like about a year before we recorded the record and that was just like as a single as kind of like a feeler we were going to send it out to labels and stuff and uh, mm. Pure Noise actually ended up being interested in it. So, oh hell yeah. So yeah but yeah, we, we like re-recorded it and that's going to be on the record as well but uh, yeah we, we've been working on these songs since like probably like 2016 I think that's when I started writing yeah. for the new record but uh, yeah most of it's just like me sitting in my computer and like logic like coming up with an idea and just like programming it and kind of just messing with it from there and i'll show it to the guys and like get together and jam and stuff but um yeah it it took so long just because i was touring for like eight to ten months a year so i didn't have much time to like sit down and write much and when i was home i didn't want to like play guitar all the time kind of want to relax but yeah i'm stoked i'm stoked that to finally show the world (laughs) what we've been doing for the uh, past four years Hell yeah. And you guys released a video for uh, False Start. Where'd you guys get the idea behind that video? Uh, that was actually like an idea me and my brother had. And my brother was going to film it. But I decided it'd be best to hire someone just because like, we needed to put it out really quickly and mm. all that. So I ended up hitting up this guy, Alex Constante. He was, I was actually in a band with him and the drummer from Knocked Loose. Like, we were in a band together like probably six or seven years ago. Yeah. And he was always really good at... like. Uh, filming stuff and like graphic design so i hit him up and he had, he did the video for us and it turned out awesome he kind of just like encapsulated my, my idea i guess and made it like pretty goofy which was kind of like the point like it's such like a serious song like lyrically i guess but uh the music's more like a um, melancholy or uh, mellow i guess not melancholy but more yeah. mellow so i think it's like a cool vibe it's like a cool contrast between like the darker lyrics but more of like a goofy like silly video because that's really all we are like everyone at Easter, we just like mess around all the time we don't really take anything too seriously yeah which i love the part with the uh the little cgi bobblehead of you on the (laughs) dashboard (laughs) oh yeah that was all him all like the like cgi stuff like the smoke coming off the truck and Mm. like zach like blowing up zach our bass player blowing up like the beach ball and his face turning purple that was like all all his idea he brought like a ton of ideas to the table like he brought like a drone that's how we got all those like cool overhead shots and he definitely like brought a lot of ideas to the table and it was like super creative which i've always loved about alex how like creative he is he's definitely like a super uh 
left brain type of guy. Is, is left brain like the creative side of? I I believe so. I think so. Okay. Yeah, he's he's super left brain. He's like an insane musician as well. Hell yeah! And uh, speaking of the rest of the band, uh, how did you guys come together to form Eastwood? Well, I've known Zach, our bass player, probably since sixth grade. So that was for me probably twelve years ago. So I've known Zach forever. We've always been really close. Yeah. And I met Scotty, the guitar player, in eighth grade, and we've pretty much always been like pretty, pretty much like best friends since eighth grade. Hang out all the time, and uh, we used to like be in kind of uh, jam bands together and stuff. Not really anything like official. And uh, mm. he introduced me to Devin because I think he met Devin through a mutual friend. And then we all actually worked at Pizza Hut together for like two mm-hmm. years. But yeah, then I found out Devin plays drums and. You know, I sang and Scotty played guitar, so I was like, all right, I'm going to start this band. I, I originally started Eastwood. as It was like a project with me and a couple other guys and ended up falling through because I don't think they really wanted to do it. But I, I kind of liked what I was writing, so yeah, I uh, I hit up Devin and Scotty to see if they, they'd be interested. And we were like originally a three-piece, like me on guitar and vocals, uh, Scotty on bass and Devin on drums. And but we wrote like a cool, like it was more like a shoegaze EP and it worked as a three piece just because like the instrumentation was pretty simple and didn't yeah. really require more than one guitar. And Scott, kind of vocalized that he, because he's a guitar player, he's not a bass player. He was like borrowing a bass to even play and he's just like, I kind of want to play guitar. This is boring. And I was like, all right, like fair enough. So yeah. we, uh, I made him second guitar player. We found a bass player. It was like some dude that we worked at Pizza Hut with named Matt Vincent. And uh, he ended up going to college, so I just hit up Zach. Because Zach's a guitar. He's a really good guitar player and great yeah. musician. So I hit up Zach, and he's been playing bass with us ever since. Hell yeah. And you do vocals in that and your other band, Torture Tomb, as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, very different style of vocals. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do vocals and kind of like write everything for both bands. I was going to ask, uh, do you, are you ever worried about like doing the heavier vocals and then trying to also sing you know, on top of it? like straining anything yeah well the way i do like the death metal vocals i guess if you want to call it screaming like there's like a certain technique to it i feel like a lot of people just think it's like yelling and straining your vocals but there's a certain yeah. technique that i do that where it doesn't really hurt at all it's just kind of like natural and like yeah yeah it's loud but and it's like is kind of screaming but at the same time it doesn't really hurt my voice like sometimes the, the torture tumor plays plays a show like it, we get kind of crazy and i like kind of throw out my voice then but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Torture Tumor and Eastwood are going to be torn together anytime soon. <laughs> so I don't think that's something I have to worry about. But yeah, usually, usually it doesn't tear up my throat too bad. But honestly, oh. singing singing hurts my voice more than like screaming because I feel like I strain myself way more when I'm like kind of doing like the more high register stuff. And I even do some like a different style of screaming in Eastwood. It's more of like a, I don't even know how to describe it. People like say like vocal fry. I don't know. It's like uh, more like Nathan from Microwave, where it's like a higher thing. It's just like a different style. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like it's, it's way harder to do that, and I feel like that's way harder on my voice because if I don't do it right, it can really mess me up. Oh yeah, and Torture Tomb, uh, you guys released the EP earlier this year as well. Did you guys get yep. to do any shows after that, or did you did the quarantine kind of mess all that all up? Yeah, well, the thing about that band, we don't really get to do shows much anyways because they're all in Texas. I'm the only one that doesn't live in Texas in that band. So oh, okay. I, I usually go down and visit them like once or twice a year and we'll play a show then. But I haven't been down to visit them since like July. And the last show we played together was in October on the Knocked Loose tour. Uh, we actually opened. Yeah. So that was that was cool. But um, yeah, usually Torture Team will play like one, one show. It's usually just like a house show or like some 
like weird like crust punk death metal show at some like dive <laughs> bar in Dallas. But yeah, we don't play shows too often. It's more of just like a internet project and which is like something we do for fun. It originally just kind of started just like us messing around like me, Grant, AJ. Yeah. Just jam- jamming out in their storage, you know, when I visited them and we just were like, we want to make a death metal band. It sounds like this band called Vast Doom. So yeah, it ended up turning into something kind of cool and people like actually really like the new stuff, which is weird. Like we sold like a lot of tapes which is really interesting because i don't think anyone would really care because it's something that it's not it's kind of all like tongue-in-cheek to us like the whole like killing like the whole like horror theme of the whole band it's just like we just kind of see like how ridiculous we can make the lyrics and the art and everything oh yeah no that's good music though i enjoyed it a lot yeah thank but, you not a problem so we can go on to the uh horror movies if that works with you cool sounds good man Oh, yeah. So uh, growing up, what was your relationship with horror movies? Were you always a fan or, uh, you know, is there any memories that stick out to you that revolve around horror movies? I think as a kid, I was definitely horrified of horror movies. <laughs> but hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. When uh, I don't know, there's like something happened. I mean, even like in middle school where it's just like a thing when me and my friends would get together and like, I don't know, like sneak alcohol in his parents' basements and like watch like a horror movie. That's just like a thing. Like actually me, Scotty from Eastwood and me and me, AJ and Grant from Torture Team. We, we all hung out like all the time. Oh, yeah. Moved, but yeah, we used to always get together and like watch horror movies and just, yeah, I, I think I've seen like every horror movie on Netflix and then me and my girlfriend like to watch them a lot now. But yeah, I don't think I really started liking them a lot till like middle school probably. Yeah. But definitely before that, I was super like terrified of it. And like if I saw like, freddy on the tv while skipping channels i'd have like nightmares for a week <laughs> now i was the same way it definitely didn't uh like switch for me either it's about middle school and that's why i'm like a big on a lot of early 2000s horror movies it's because like yeah. not a lot of them but there's like a few of like few gems that i like really like and it's mostly because of like that's the nostalgic for me you know what i mean where some of these 80s horror movies are just nostalgic for others which i enjoy right. 80s horror now that i've gone back and you know started diving back and stuff now that i'm a fan but yeah. uh I definitely my my nostalgia strings get pulled harder on the like early two thousands movies for sure. But do you have a favorite horror movie of all time? It's hard for me to pick a favorite. I I love like the eighties like corny like classic ones for some reason. I think there's like they're definitely corny. Yeah. But there's like a certain vibe to them that's really cool. It always reminds me of like fall time. So I don't know. Like probably my favorite would be Halloween just because it's classic and there's just like a whole vibe to it that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, and like. I don't know. I just love like the classics, like that Friday the Thirteenth and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre would probably be like a tie between those. Yeah. What's some of the uh, cornier '80s ones that you like a lot? Uh, I really like that. I like those three a lot. Of course, like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and there's this yeah. one like kind of ex- obscure movie called The Sentinel that came out in like '75 or something. But I heard about that on the podcast I was listening to, and I checked that out, and that was really cool actually. I mean, it's kind of like. Like the CGI was super corny, but it was an overall like super dark movie. It was yeah. really cool. That movie that's probably one of my favorites too, is the Sentinel. I like the Omen a lot. Hell yeah. Uh, no, the the uh one thing I like about the Omen is I don't think it gets enough credit for being one of the first scary children, you know what I mean? Like I guess they had the village oh, of the yeah. damned way back in the day or whatever, but as far as being like uh a little bit closer to modern in like the seventies and eighties and stuff, Damien was fucking terrifying. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. That that whole movie has a like really cool vibe to it too, which I like. Yeah. So how do you feel about uh horror remakes? Do you usually enjoy horror remakes or do you try to stay away from them? 
I'm not too into the remakes, to be honest. I, I don't I don't think it's because I don't like them. It's probably just because I haven't really checked them out. Like, I don't know. I, I usually, like, stick to the classics. But I, I've yeah. seen, like, a lot of newer ones. I, I watched the uh, the new Halloween that came out a couple years ago, and I wasn't a huge fan of that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't uh, love it. it. It had some good moments, for sure. But overall, it just kind of felt like a eh-type movie. You know, yeah, like it is what it was. It was like kind of too hokey in my opinion. I don't know. There's just something about it. it wasn't my favorite, but I do love. I love like a lot of like newer horror movies because they're obviously like way more like messed up and yeah, like the CGI is like insane now. Like they can just like actually make it look like someone's head got chopped off, which is <laughs> wild. <laughs> but uh, what's yes? What what's some newer ones that you like? I like this movie called The Void. The Void is sick. That was like oh, one of yeah. like, the only movies in the past like five years that's like actually scared me and i had to like look away because i feel like i'm at this point I'm, like desensitized to horror which is kinda, yeah like scary to say that i'm just like desensitized to it but uh it's just because i've watched so many but yeah that one's crazy like the visuals and that was like were wild um that was cool i like that the movie the ritual i think that, that was like a netflix special or something yeah no, i enjoyed that one a lot too yeah, the ritual is awesome the conjuring was cool uh, that was a cool one that came out recently no, one thing uh, to go back to the void. One thing I liked about that is it was a lot of like uh, you could tell it was like a, a lot of mixture. Like they had practical effects, but they touched it up with uh, you know because all the creatures and stuff. You could tell they yeah. like build build a lot of that stuff, but then they would touch it up with the CGI to make it look just that extra real. But I really like. It felt oh, yeah. like the to me, it felt like the thing meets Hellraiser in a way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hellraiser is another one that's really cool. That's got to be one of my favorites as well. That's like an yeah. old one that's like actually scary too. Like a lot of the visuals in that are pretty freaky. I, oh, okay. I think that's that's probably like the scariest like older horror movie in my opinion. Now, especially if uh, like if you cringe watching that like some of that stuff, you know, when you, he's just like, uh, well, for first of all, he starts off with like no skin or anything, and then he starts like ha- she's like hammering people in the back of the head, and then yeah, pull like yeah. skin off and shit. <laughs> Yeah, that stuff's nuts, and like the, yeah, where his like face get ripped ripped apart by like those meat hooks and shit. Like, yeah, I don't know. The that, Jesus flipped. Yeah, uh, I, I, that movie is scary. Hell yeah! Is there any uh, movies that you've seen recently that you were kind of disappointed in? Other than you know, I know you said you didn't really like uh, Halloween, but oh, there's a lot, man. Me and, <laughs> me and my girlfriend watched a lot of like horror movies, just like Netflix ones. But honestly, like, I it's hard for me to like name them because I just forget them like as I'm watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I, like most of them on Netflix now, I'd say are pretty bad. Like there, there hasn't been a good one that I've like. I think like the last like good one I watched was probably like I don't know. It might have been the Ritual, and I've watched that like a couple of years ago. But there hasn't been anything that's kind of like that that's kind of stuck with me recently. Yeah, you mentioned your uh, top three kind of being a tie between you know Halloween. You said what Texas Chainsaw Massacre and yeah. Night. Nightmare on Elm Street, or you say Friday Thirteenth? Friday Thirteenth, yeah. I mean, Nightmare uh, on Elm Street's up there too. I just love like all the classic ones. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, do you have a favorite? Uh, like, I know all the movies are good, but do you have a favorite actual icon when it comes to uh, like favorite killer? Yeah, I think I, don't know, I think like Leatherface is pretty sick. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, he's not really like a uh, humanified. I don't even know if that's like a word, but I feel like a lot of them like they like you get you like see too much of them, and it becomes like less scary. Yeah, but like I don't know, Leatherface is just like an actual like psychopath. <laughs> just like really scary, just like chase people around the chainsaw. There's really like no context. Like with like um, Michael Myers, you see him as like a kid, and he's just like a kid that got locked up in a mental hospital. But like yeah. Leatherface is just like some like guy that like lives in the middle of nowhere in Texas. <laughs> like I don't know, I feel like that's just like super scary to me. There's just something about that. 
Yeah, it's like he's almost doing it to survive, so it gives him an extra drive because it's like if you get away, who knows when some more food will come along type thing. Right, exactly. And I've driven past like places like that in Texas, like on <laughs> tour and stuff. It's just like completely desolate and yeah, scary. There's so much. There's so much out there, like out in America. It's just like completely vast and desolate. And, like no one ever touches it. So like, who knows? Like, it well, isn't that like based on a true story too. Yeah, well, it's based on, uh, they say it's based on a true story, but it's just based on uh, Ed Gein, the serial killer, which is okay. like, so it's like very loosely based on a true story, but. Yeah, but dude, I wouldn't even doubt if there's someone like that out there, just like some weird, like, screwed up dude that lives out in the middle of nowhere and never sees anyone, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where all like the, uh, like the sewing up of the skin and stuff came from was Ed, Ed Gein was real famous for doing that. Like he would dig up a lot of dead bodies and do it though. Like he wouldn't, I don't think he had a high body count think he killed like a small like kind of a small amount of people you know for yeah. a lot of notorious serial killers but he was real famous for digging up bodies and like uh like sewing the skin together and stuff and that's where they got the leather face like inspiration for but really yeah that's that's super weird <laughs> oh yeah which uh one thing that like you were saying it kind of i don't think you see Leatherface's face at all until like the remakes you know they kind of show you his face with that skin disease or whatever yeah. In like the first remake, but yeah, I think he's one that you don't see any of his uh, face at all in the like original. Like even Mike Myers, like you said, you see as a kid, and then you kind of see him as an adult in one of the movies. I just can't remember which one. I know you see him as an adult for a little bit in this new movie from like the side and shit. But yeah, uh, yeah, and I feel like that that in a way makes it like less scary because it like humify. I'm just gonna say and make up my own word and call it humify, <laughs> but it just like makes them seem like more normal. But I feel like it's always more scary when they make like the villain just like completely like detached from reality and almost just like a monster i think that yeah like also like human at the same time i think that's like way more scary than like an actual monster or like a serial killer it's just like a guy that's messed up i don't know yeah, yeah. now is there any uh any newer horror movies you might want to talk about before we go into like the uh or any other horror movies at all you'd want to mention before we go into like the hypothetical questions and stuff I'm trying to think i watched I watched like the Japanese version of The Grudge the other day, which is pretty is pretty scary. Yeah, the like original one or like the new uh, Origins that just came it was out. Like the, it was the it was like the original. I think it was like before The Grudge. Like it, it's called Juon. Yeah, it's like it's like the Japanese Grudge, and then like they made like The Grudge, like the American version based off that. And like the American version is apparently way scarier. I haven't seen it honestly. But yeah, that, that was pretty good. There's a lot of like really creepy stuff in that. But what yeah. I liked about that one is like it was all like like light, like everything was like light outside. There's no like like night scene, so there's always like this scary shit going on, and like it was like daylight and hell like, yeah. That's like a scary aspect too, when like stuff just happens like out in broad daylight and like, you know there's what? no like setup behind it. That's like a lot of people hate on the uh, Paranormal Activity movies, but one thing I like about they did I don't know if you've seen most of them, but there's one called the Marked Ones. I don't know yeah, if you saw I've, that one. I've seen a few of them, but it's been a while. I I do like those though. I think those are scary. The marked ones is the one where the uh, it's like separate, and it's the one about like the Spanish family that just like lives in the suburbs of like uh, downtown California and shit. It's not suburbs; they they live in like an apartment complex in like downtown California. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like that like adds to the scariness of it. The fact that they're dealing with it in like the type of neighborhood that you would go walk out from your house to go on the sidewalk to go down the street and go to a business. You know what I mean? Like because. You know, I live right. in a place where you got to get in your car to go anywhere, pretty much, if you want to leave your house. You know, there's no sidewalk oh, yeah. outside. Like, not in a city, you know what I mean? I live in a country-type area, so yeah, to think, <laughs> so when you start to see that stuff, like, you see it all the time in, like, uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, or even the, 
you know, that's realistic. But uh, so go to the conjuring. I'm not saying that's not realistic. You know, it depends on what you believe. But even yeah. the conjuring, it's like a house out in the middle of nowhere that they have to drive out to. So it's always like a trip back yeah. to, you know, anything. And like, um, you know, it's like a trip back to wherever the Warrens are staying or wherever. So to see this actually happen, like literally down the street from a Seven Eleven type thing, is like insane. You know, what I mean, I feel like it adds to the scariness, showing that like. If a ghost wants your ass, it don't matter if you live in an apartment, if you live in an old-ass house, you can live in a brand-new condo. Like, you're gonna, if they want you, they're going to come after you pretty much. Or a demon, you know, not a ghost. But. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I like, I like that aspect, too. Because you're right, like, a lot of horror movies do take place in, like, I guess more country-isolated parts of the wherever it is. But uh, for, yeah. for, uh, Halloween's another cool one, which just happens in suburbia. Yeah. I always think it's funny because that's supposed to take place in Illinois in the fall. But they filmed it in California, obviously. So all the leaves <laughs> are green. There's like no aspect of fall at all. Because if that was actually in Illinois, there would have been, you know, all the trees would have been yeah. brown. So I think it's just kind of funny. No, I honestly never even paid that much attention to that. You know what yeah. I mean? Just because uh, I noticed. I watched it the other day and like someone pointed it out to me and I, earlier and I kind of noticed. I was like, wow, yeah, that doesn't mm-hmm. look like fall in Illinois at all. It looks like fall in California. But, you know. And they did it for <laughs> like eight films or something like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can go on to the uh, hypothetical questions. So if you could either band and you can pick one for each band if you want. But if you were approached to make a music video for either Eastwood, Torture Tomb and or both. Uh, what And they asked you to remake a horror movie into like a short film version for the music video. What uh, horror movie would you choose? It would definitely have to be for Torture Tomb because that just fits the vibe our entire Bands yeah. based off weird horror concepts. I don't know. I feel like ta- Texas Chainsaw Massacre here because we're basically based in Texas, so it just fits fits the narrative, you know. Yeah, and it could just be uh, like you said, you've driven around in a van with a band and gone past areas like that. So that's like the premise of the music video, right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, the bass player for Torture Tomb lives out like in the middle of nowhere in Texas, so that would that would work. Shit, he's probably close to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre house then. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt if he is, to be honest. Yeah. So kind of the same question, but with instruments, if you could have like a completely customized, you know, instrument and it could be a guitar, it could, uh, you know, if you wanted something wild for like Torture Tomb and you wanted like a mic stand or if you wanted an amp cabinet, anything like that, that was customized uh, to like a horror movie, uh, what horror movie would you choose? But then also, how would you get it customized? It's a good question. I think like. Maybe like uh like Hellraiser or something else. I'd have like a guitar with spikes coming out of it. I don't know. It'd be like all all white all white guitar, like a crazy BC Rich Warlock or something with uh with like spikes coming out of it. Be <laughs> Wouldn't be fun nice. to play, but <laughs> no. Or or just like make it so that my arm fits in a certain way and like the spikes go around it or something. Yeah. It might actually make it more comfortable if you can, like, do it in a way that, like, it kind of rests on your arm. So it gives right. you an extra, like, a little bit extra yeah. pickup on the guitar. But Leverage, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure someone from Deicide used to do that. Or they wore, like, spikes, like a spike armor on stage or something. Yeah. You can always Just hook up with gore. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you do this, guys? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you write music for both of your projects. Would you ever want to score a horror movie if... Uh, approach to do so and if so what kind of subgenre would you want to do would you want to do something crazy in sci-fi like the void or would you want to do something more slasher like a friday the 13th or halloween yeah i actually love the soundtrack that's part of the reason why i like the older music i like the soundtrack so i think it's super nostalgic and it's 
just like guitar, like not guitar, a uh, keyboard and synth. There's they're always just like kind of hokey soundtracks, but they're super dark at the same time. Yeah, but, like something like that would be cool. And I've even thought of there's actually bands. There's a band called Dismember from Sweden that it's a, admitted to just like some of their riffs are just straight up rips from like horror movie soundtracks. So it's kind of yeah. it's kind of funny like when you like transcribe. Like that gets like the notes they're playing on the keys and some of these movies that can make some pretty cool guitar riffs. So I think it'd be cool to do something like a like a concept like death metal album where all the riffs are kind of based off like horror movie soundtracks. I think that'd be cool. Hell yeah. Also like the cool like dark like ambient vibe. Like that movie Insidious has one of the coolest soundtracks. It's just I feel like that's what makes that movie. It just there's so many like weird like sounds like the I don't know. Have you seen Insidious? Yeah, I was just about to say. I wish I could remember the dude's name because uh, I did know it because I like I like the soundtrack a lot myself. Uh, so I like learned his name a little while ago, but I already forgot it. But yeah, the guy that did the score for that made a lot of like just super unique sounds that kind of are really haunting and shit like that. But they like flow together and stuff, at, oh, you yeah. know, when it's needed. Oh yeah, that's super messed up. Like the weird like it sounds like metal crashing. I don't even know. Oh yeah, that's what he did. He threw a bunch of shit into a broken piano and hit the keys. Really. Yeah, I, th- I remember hearing about that now. That's what he did is he had a broken piano and like uh, he put the microphone like in the back of the piano and like he had like a bunch of nails and like metal and shit in there. And so he just like smacked the keys on the piano and like got a b- bunch of different sounds and shit. Yeah, I believe I that's never, also the- I would never have called that. But yeah, that's that's wild. It's, it's so creative, too. Yeah, and I think he also had some parts that were like just like little violin things where it was just like, you know, creaking down the violin, but it was just, you know, perfect with the film and shit. I don't know. It felt very haunting, like a, uh, like a seventies, uh, haunting movie, like the house that drip blood or the changeling or something like that. It, it kind of felt like that just modernized a little bit yeah. as far as score and stuff. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, um, you can do a lot of really like cool stuff with the violin. Just doing some yeah. like really weird, like dissonant stuff with it. I feel like a lot of uh, movies use that. I, there's something like the Dark Knight Batman. The soundtrack's really cool, and I watched like a clip on that, like th- how they filmed the violin. It's just it's really cool the way they do it. No, it's like uh, Colin Sexton that does the he did the um, scores for Hereditary. I believe he did Color Out of Space, and I think he did Midsummer as well. But he did he's done like a couple uh, newer horror movies, and uh, his big thing is using a saxophone to make a lot of his sounds. He just like will play like really low notes, and then just like kind of uses like a plug-in like you would with a guitar but with a saxophone and just really like changes it and fucks with it and stuff it's crazy yeah no, that's wild I, li- I liked hereditary that was a good movie too yeah now that was super, one it's super disturbing <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna say that's one that the whole time you're watching it you kind of just feel like you shouldn't be watching it <laughs> oh yeah it's like super hard to watch like whenever the daughter dies and the mom like starts freaking out it's just so hard to watch because like how real it is you know yeah, when she's just like screaming. I know the oh, yeah. son's the son's reaction is one of those things that it's like, why wouldn't you, you know, tell them immediately? But it's also one of those things that's like, I don't know how the fuck I'd react either. So I guess yeah. I can't really judge that. But no, yeah, that, that that whole scene is just so real. Like I don't know, there's something about it. It's just like I don't know, like someone yeah. like yeah. what if that happened to you. Like you'd probably just like shut down too, and like wouldn't know. Like you wouldn't want to tell anyone. You just kind of like. Go to bed. I don't know. That, <laughs> no. that, that that whole that whole scene is like so hard to watch, but I think that's what makes that movie so good. It's just how like disturbing and like. No, I mean it gets kind of wacky at the end, so I wouldn't say realistic, but like how yeah. like real I guess it feels sometimes. No, exactly the way he's like 
kind of just staring straight and doesn't want to look in the back seat and stuff like that. That part is tense as fuck, and it, it oh, goes yeah. on for like a good five or ten minutes, and then like you said, it switches to her just screaming, and that makes you feel even worse. <laughs> yeah, you know that that actor is in the Naked Brothers band. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Alex Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Now him and his brother, uh, I think Nat Wolf. Yeah. They're, they're both pretty good uh, actors now. Like they're both doing pretty big things, but it's just like yeah, like you said, it's funny that they came from the Naked Brothers band and fucking Nickelodeon. Yeah, no. <laughs> like a complete opposite. Yeah. Like, yeah. Being an actor in like one of the darkest like horror movies of the past like ten years, and <laughs> used to play in like a joke band called the Naked Brothers Band. Which is kind of funny. Now, one thing I liked about Hereditary is the way that, like, that scene created so much tension in other scenes. You know, like, when they're having dinner, you know, you're immediately just like, oh, shit, who's going to say what, you know, and piss somebody off or what? You know, it's just like uh, it does a good job of making every, like, little thing between the mother and son, like, uh, tense. You know, even just, like, a quick yeah. pass or whatever. Like, you're scared that you're not scared, but you're just, like, waiting for somebody to scream out of nowhere or, like, freak out or start arguing or. Yeah. Yeah, that, that actress is great. She did a really good job. Yeah. Tony Collette. I always forget that yeah. she uh she was the mom in Sixth Sense as well. But was she? she like yeah, she just looked way different. She has like really yeah. short like red hair, like you know, dyed like dark red hair. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. And I like that movie too. That's not really a horror movie, but that's like yeah. one of the first scary movies I think I watched. I call it a horror movie, but just because it scared the fuck out of me as a kid when that chick's oh, yeah. at the window. <laughs> Like oh, yeah. that movie gave me nightmares too. Cause I mean, my dad showed showed me that movie before I really started getting into horror movies, and that like, probably gave me nightmares for years. Yeah, it was like that and The Shining, were, like the first two horror movies I watched. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, The Shining was one I grew up seeing a lot of scenes from it, but like my parents were always like, "Nah, you'll we ain't dealing with those nightmares." <laughs> so yeah, I, I never saw the whole movie until I was a little bit older. But of course, by that time, I was like, "Oh, this movie fucking amazing!" But yeah, it's a great movie. I think that's my my dad always talk about that. I actually read the book and I like the movie more. A lot of people say they uh they read the books and they think the book's better, but I thought the movie was way better than the book. <laughs> to be honest, hell yeah. Now Stanley yeah. Kubrick is definitely a uh, a legend. So if if he made it, I definitely wouldn't. I've never read the book, but I wouldn't like argue that. Like I'm sure that it probably is at least as good, if not better, than the book because. Stephen King's good, but he always just kind of ends things a little, uh, you know, like they always have like a little too much going on and they don't always come together and stuff like that. Yeah. So I feel like Stanley Kubrick did a good job of reining that in in a film. Right. No, and he made it like more scary. The book was more of like a suspenseful like thriller. And I feel like Stanley Kubrick kind of turned it to a, like almost like a horror movie. Hell yeah. And I appreciate you coming on, man. If you want to promote anything you got coming up, you know, of course, this will, this episode will drop like a few days before the album. Cool. Uh, yeah, just um, yeah, check out the new Eastwood albums coming out uh, September 18th on Pure Noise Records. I'm really stoked about that. Uh, check out the new Torture Tomb EP. We have some tapes through Transylvanian Tapes. We just printed some more. But okay. uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got going on right now. Now I, I appreciate it, and I'll definitely uh, grab the um, Bandcamp for Torture Tomb and put it in the description. And then, of course, Eastwood. You know, uh, you can just. If you have, do you have a description for Eastwood? You, I mean, anything uh, you'd want me to put in there for Eastwood, or like a, do you all have like a smart URL or a website or yeah, anything? Yeah, or? yeah, we have a smart URL. I think it's like in our uh, Instagram. It's in my Instagram uh, link bio link too. If you, okay, yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll snag that and put it in there as well. Sweet. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It's fun. 
As usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening. Don't forget to pick up Eastwood's brand new album, It Never Gets Easy, out this Friday on Pure Noise Records. And also check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Knox Colby, vocalist of the Richmond-based hardcore band Enforced. As someone who grew up going to shows up in Richmond, I'm super stoked to have him on the show. So make sure you check that out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as check out my boy Loudmouth Threads who did this awesome original podcast artwork, and stay safe.